Hello, everybody. Welcome back to On My Grown, the podcast. We've missed y'all. We kind of dropped a little part two last week, so we have to really come back in the studio. But we back, and um, it's a beautiful day, kind of. But uh, how you feeling? You know, what we what we too grown for this week? Um, First, I'm good. What's up? Uh, this week, what we too grown for? We too grown for Donald Trump, man. We are too grown for Donald Trump. I mean... Let, let me rephrase that. We too grown for President Donald Trump. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely say that. We, you know, we too grown to act like he's not our president because he is, but we don't have to acknowledge him. You know, I'm, I'm respect that you are the actual president because them folk vote for you. And, you know, that's cool, but I ain't got to address you. And, and that, I feel like that's going to be me, you know, just, I'm going to be New York on the balcony smoking that cigarette for the next four years. <laughs> I'm going to be the entire presidency. Um, oh, actually I'm Melanie. I don't know if y'all knew or oh, not. Sure. That's Rodney. Rodney. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if y'all knew. Um, so yeah. Yeah, Donald Trump, this the five days that he's been president, how many days it's been, have been quite tumultuous. It's, it's been day after day, it's been something new he done repealed or added us just something terrible and people losing their rights. The woman's march was cute on um Saturday. That was very nice. I thought it was lovely, but I what, mean what did you really think about that? I, I was like, ain't nobody had, text my phone and tell me to be I, out there. I had some thoughts about that. Was there one in Atlanta? I didn't see an Atlanta yeah, one. Yeah, there was. Um, I'm not a marcher though, so I probably wouldn't have gone anyway. Okay. But. Okay. And when I say I had some thoughts about it, it was um, I, I problematic. Think many, no, 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 He's no. coming many, to the many time. of my sentiments was uh, they were voiced by uh, white women who voted by, Trump. By, by by I was saying by sisters online already. It's like you know these you know I don't know if this, these if white women organize these marches, but you know now that oh. something affected mm-hmm. white women. They was like, ooh, we should get out there and kind of stop this guy. He's really bad. You know, it's like, it's too late now. And, because um, 53% of y'all right. went out and voted for that man. Right. You know, so, so no. now they want to march next to you like, it's okay, sister. We're here together. Right. Vagina power. Right. It's like, girl, he taking no. my birth control too. Like, no. It's like, now we all are no, birth control. I've so. been, been oppressed, girl. Right. Know, so. Now, that's another thing we're too grown for. We are too grown not to protect ourselves because ain't no more birth control. Ain't no more abortions so y'all need to be ain't no more pro-choice you don't have no choice no more you just got to keep it these days so wrap it up ladies and gentlemen or clink it up clink clink you know just don't hunch if don't it's it. if you want no babies don't hunch it's about to be a new baby boom with these new <laughs> donald trump uh things he done put in place so we are too grown not to use the proper contraceptives you know um you know you can do the 21 savage either plan b or whatever um then you say scrape scrape and it was really absurd um that um we had the insecure i didn't say you did say a little scrape scrape you did ain't no more scrape scrapes so it was actually on the best of episode and i was and i was revisiting like i refelt the feelings like scrape scrape that's what y'all calling it so no more (laughs) scrape scrapes like as absurd as that sounds you know the administration would say those are alternative facts (laughs) (laughs) it was no they were facts facts you definitely said that um but yeah, so God bless America because we gonna need it. Um, so well, tomorrow well, slash today. What you what? Real quick with that. All right, we know he's elected for four years, but in two years there's a midterm election, in which we can at Take least stop house. some of the damage he's doing. You know, by by not having Republicans control all three branches. So it's never too early to organize. So like, make sure you get out there and like you make stuff happen now before. It gets too late, and then we sitting here like, dang. Again. Right. Right. So it's, 
he kind of them last two years he might lose some of his momentum if he gets some Democrats in the right place. Yeah. But um, like I was saying today. It's actually tomorrow right now, but today when you listen to this, it's a new dish movie. I need everybody to go out and go watch it. It's the first day of the mini series. It comes on from nine to eleven on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's long as I get out. I mean, it's a mini series, so I it's kind of like the the Michael Jackson movie, but you know, they definitely they like, spreading it out. It's definitely like the Jackson American American uh, Dream. Dream. Yeah, uh, definitely like the Temptation movie. That was five hours, but the Temptation was the whole movie. That was on TV. That went in theaters, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was, but it was. Like, I thought it was like a two, two day thing too. I don't remember because I don't think I was alive. Okay, I thought it was it, the Temptation movie. Mad long. Was long. <laughs> it was long. That is the yeah, fact of the matter is it was long. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I'm excited. I did the Trumpet Awards this past weekend. Not like a no huge show, but they were there and they got had a little, you know, thing for them. So I was excited. I don't check. I don't know if I got to talk about it too much, but they were there. I was like, it's my dogs, man. Um, I've been doing some live concerts in my car, you know, doing, if my voice is a little raspy, I need some little tea or something. I've been performing so much. Um, Can You Stand the Rain is my headlining song. That's so your, that's your finale song. That's, yeah, that's the finale. That's, you know, when the, when the sparks come out, we got the pyrotechnics and everything. So it's a very great performance. If y'all want to, I might go live one day when I'm singing it. Cause it's just such a beautiful song that I, I sing. Like John, it's something about that. John. It's Johnny. Johnny did his thing on that song. On I, a perfect day. Oh, Johnny! <laughs> Johnny! But my favorite Johnny Gill song, I was actually talking to um, some of the members of Jagged Edge about this. Uh, my favorite Johnny Gill song is There There You, there you go. go. Off the Boomerang, Boomerang soundtrack. Boomerang soundtrack. It's from the sex scene. You can see Eddie Murphy hands on Robin Gibbons back. Here I am. Make sweet love once again. Oh, uh, that Johnny, Johnny, Ooh, Johnny. but um, something about Johnny Gill. Uh, whew. I gotta listen to him. I lose all self control with you, and I'm choosing what to listen to you. Who, Johnny? Uh, <laughs> so what we talking about this wait, week? Wait, wait. You gotta do <laughs> one more thing. All right, what? Everybody, Atlanta Falcons, they're going to the Super Bowl. Oh. Not going to sit here and lie. I was a hater for the longest. and, and I did not care at all about them people. Here's why I hated. I hated how they did my man Mike Vick. Mike Vick was yeah. was, the, was my dude. Like, he's the reason I had Matt, reason I had Madden 04. I had Mike Vick cleats. I had Mike Vick oh, jersey. I had a little Falcons hat. And, you know, that whole situation left a bad taste in my mouth. So I was hating on them for the NFC Championship. But now that they're going to the Super Bowl, man, I can't stand Tom Brady. I'm going to have to get me a little shirt made or something, a short set for the um, Falcons. <laughs> I talk trash, too, because um, I'm like, every time I pass by on North Side, I'm like, why are they building this new stadium? Right. The Falcons don't even win. They don't deserve a new. But they win, a, they win I was like, go and get your super, go and get y'all new dome, man. Y'all, y'all deserve it. Go ahead, Mercedes. So Put that dome up. Everybody, I guess it's official on my grown. The podcast is supporting the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Super Bowl. Uh, so go get you one, man. Everybody um, go. Make sure y'all go out to Houston. Get you a scammer, ladies. You know, it, time is running out. Make sure y'all get these Airbnbs, these blow-up mattresses for these hotel rooms. Get oh, some Fashion Nova dresses. I'm ready. I'm excited for y'all. Like, I can't really participate, but I'm going to watch from afar like, that's right, girl. Get your scammer. It's like the two scamming cities coming together, Atlanta and Houston. So many bomber it's about jackets. To be 
the strip clubs in Atlanta probably going to be like, a lot jeans of dancers who are going to go to dry the Strippers about to... Can you imagine the the day a stripper has been having? They phone been ringing off the hooks. They group me's going off. Girl, you going to Houston, girl? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to see now. Uh, strippers, y'all get out there, man. I'm proud of y'all. Yeah, yeah just... It's a good time to be a stripper in America right now. Make strip clubs now. Right. <laughs> Make strippers great again. Right. So... I have a question. It's so off topic. But do you think if Players Club was in real life, do you think Ebony would have went back to the strip club eventually once her face healed? I feel like no. I feel like she would have been, I feel like she would have been like a a strip den mother. I forgot what happened with Junior Bachelor. I mean, but still, she probably would have been like, damn, I missed that feeling. Like, you know how how Pookie was like, keep on calling me? She kind of would have missed that thrill. You don't think she would have went back? Nah. I've, I'm sure Ronnie and Tricks would have still been. Ebony probably would. In, in real life, Ebony would not have been a dancer to begin with. She would have been a waitress. She she kind of did dive in head first. You know, yeah. she should have eased. But that's that's Diana's fault. She should have been like, Ebony, you 18. You know, you from Tallahassee. You're not used to no big city stuff. I'm going to just have you with Dashiki and be a waitress right now, a bartender. But no. But, you know, can you be a bartender at 18? Do you have to be 21? That might have been what it was. There's always a way around the law. Let's just be honest. And that was the nineties. But um sorry. Well, it's different. A waitress and a bartender. So she might have been able to But be a, waitress a waitress still would have had to be a little to be she like, still would have been in the world a little bit, kinda of twerking a little bit. So anyway, kinda of got off topic. So yeah, so bringing it back. So what we talked about this week. Go ahead, Ronnie. Long story short, there was a uh, a blog post that I saw on my Twitter timeline that um it 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 really resonated with me. And so um, the blog post was from TiffanyandCoco.com. Want to make sure we shout them out for the inspiration. And the blog post title was Fences in the Plight of Single Millennial Women. So spoiler alert, for those who may not have seen Fences yet, um, I encourage you to go out and see that Google August Wilson, just great history right there. But um, long story short, I'm going to summarize. Well, they, they showed it in the, you know, everybody saw the snot bubble cry from Viola Davis. They saw her saying what but she I'm, said. I'm about to drop some spoilers. So you about to really just, so what happens is yeah, Alberta, you, you don't tell about Alberta though. I feel it, You kind of got to talk about Alberta though. Spoiler alert. So if you like the movie, don't skip for about two minutes. If you so, want to yeah. see the movie, skip forward two minutes. Shoot, you can even because we gonna fuck, but we black. We do this all the time. You can so, still see the movie. So long story short, um, she uses Rose, who was the main female character in Fences. She was the wife to Troy. She, so Viola Davis' character, who's married to Denzel Washington's character in the movie Fences, um, basically uh, the author the author talks about how after seeing Fences and seeing how and, and seeing Viola Davis's monologue about how she. Has been standing there, you know, in the same spot with Denzel for 18 years, offer him to betray her trust and get another woman pregnant. You know, it, it was it was it was damaging, and, and and she just talks about all she gave up, how she gave up her dreams, how she dimmed her light and and planted it all in this man Denzel, in hopes of her, you know, her sacrifice being what was best for the family. Mm-hmm. And the family was the husband Troy, and it was the son Corey. And what mm-hmm. really, and you know, like basically what happened is Denzel gets another woman pregnant, and the son Corey he leaves and doesn't is not home. Does, I don't know if he, how much talking to the family he does, has for about seven years because of a fight him and his father had. So well, the two men that she sacrificed 
a lot for. Well, what happened was in the movie, um, so he has that argument. And basically in the argument, he was just like, well, you know, Alberta makes me happy. I laugh when I'm with her. You know, right. it's like she's better than you. In, in so many words, but she's, you know, sacrificed her entire life and dreams and hopes and everything for this man. And then, you know, the son in turn loses respect for his father. And it's like, you know, she don't even talk to you. She don't love you. nor. And in so many words, it's like, I don't respect you because you hurt my mother. And, you know, he challenges him. Loki loses the challenge in life, no, bro. He, he loses. He's like, he, like he left. He yeah, he lost you know, in like he, he took the L and just went on his merry way. Like you have one job, sir. You you could have beat your fifty year old daddy first off. Yo, but man, so he bro. leaves. He joins the military, um, and then you know the side chick Alberta. We never see her face. I wanted to see what Alberta looked like honestly because she had to be bad. You just gonna throw your whole life away and be at that bar all the time. And then his friend, what's the old man name? Try to tell him. You know who the old man looked like? He looks like the evil cowboy toy from Toy Story 2. <laughs> uh, inspector, the inspector. Yes, he looks just like him. He's a very talented actor. But, he uh, is, but still, that just came in my head. Um, but yeah, so, you know, then they fast forward seven years later, and what happens when the side chick gives birth? She dies. And then it comes the responsibility of the family. You know, Troy has to crawl back to Rose and, like, can you help me raise this child? Let me just say, first and foremost, Rose is better than me. Because I'd have been like, that's tough. I mean, Alberta ain't got no people. Like, I would have been petty about it, but I probably, I mean, it's a motherless child. You can't make sense about that. But that was a tough pill to swallow on top of, you know, the infidelity and, and already having a life that you're not really proud of or, you know, not what you wanted. And then you have to deal with your husband's infidelity and having to look at that baby in the face and raise it as your own. So you pass forward seven years, the little girl's seven, whatever. The son, after he takes his L and leaves, he goes to the Marine Corps, comes back, gets leave because the, the dad is the dad's funeral. He dies. Um, and, yeah, so we kind of – well, we missed we, – we skipped a lot, but no, we just talked about this one right. plot but point. But the, the main point of this article, the article the young lady on Tiffany and Coco wrote, is that – in Rose, the character Viola Davis plays, we see she sees her grandmother, mm-hmm. she sees her mother in terms of women women who sacrifice and dim their light for the men in their lives to be big and only for these men to disappoint, mistreat them, and and yeah, just to be just bad men to them, bad lovers, bad husbands, bad fathers to them, and. It's because of that you see millennial women, her in particular, well, she said her in particular, and she feels like many other millennial women Mm -hmm. who are now, like, their focus, the last thing they want to think about is a relationship. They're slowly, they're just simply focused on their grind of of their career, Mm -hmm. of their, you know, their blog, of their podcast, of of whatever outlet or whatever facet of life they are pouring energy and effort into to grow them and achieve something rather than a relationship because... They don't ever want to be in a position where a man can dim their light. They want their light already be established and burning. Right. And they right. don't want to have to give up all of that just for the husband and kid. And it's, and just from our generation, just watching that happen, you know, with our mothers and grandmothers or what have you, it's like, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be my 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 story. Um, another, you know, because, of course, Fences is set in the 1950s, and that's not exactly you know, that's why it's our grandmother's generation. And then our mother's generation is more so same story, different kind of instances or just scenarios. We have Bernadine from waiting to excel. It's the same thing, you know, 
with um her husband you know she's getting ready for new year's y'all y'all know the scene um and she's getting ready for new year's party she don't want to go and he's like oh we're not going to the party she's like we're not oh my god and he's like oh i'm so he's like you're not mad are you and she's like oh i'm absolutely thrilled whatever she said y'all know what i'm talking about and he basically tells her we're not going because i'm going with his white secretary and he's like i'm leaving you for her and then the super famous and iconic scene you know is is shortly thereafter where she takes all his stuff stuffs it in mercedes and and turns it into fire she just sets it ablaze in front of their house but as she's, you know, taking his stuff out and putting, you know, out of the closet and just seeing how anal he is and how he organizes stuff and she's taking it on the wagon and putting it in the car, she's has a monologue as well, which I do believe I read was improvised. She was just saying how she sacrificed her life and she had a business degree and she put all that on hold. Her catering business that she wanted to open, no, started this year, started next year, Bernadine, you know, for him. And she started the company for him. She did his books and all of that and put so much into this man for him to leave her for a white woman and leave her kids and try to leave her with no money and and not able to you know give her children a certain type of life that they've been used to and he's you know just running off and starting a whole new life you know these women put so much into these men and get nothing back and that's something that we've seen a lot like just in movies or in real life and just periods like we us millennial women like we've seen waiting to ourselves we've seen the fences we've seen people in our family just like nah bro that's not me and we you know it's a different era of woman too so you have to think about that and and i'm you know i'm i was telling melanie earlier like when i read read the blog post i was i was truly conflicted in myself because Mm -hmm. i've stated many times on here and just in real life like my goal is that i uh my desire is that my wife is a stay-at-home mother my mom she worked for 20 years and at the age of 10 she because of layoffs how was she because you were you were 10 but how was she um Okay, she had me as well, so 39. She's 39. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mother, after working, you know, for 20 years professionally, uh, she was laid off because that was like the internet um, bubble had burst. It was like, oh, it was like right after September 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was laid off. And, you know, we all as a family talk about how that, you know, how her being home really, you know, just, just really did something and, and, and we felt, you know, improved and, and bettered our family. Now mm-hmm. there's other, there's reasons for that because after, shortly after that, my father was deployed overseas, um, mm-hmm. with the military. Uh, so, you know, I couldn't imagine trying to work. And then my brother and I being like at that time, like sixth and third grade and, you know, trying to balance, you know, working and managing the household and then just us to like ha- having us two as younger kids. Mm-hmm. Then her parents got sick. You know, my grandmother, I think, had a stroke first. And then probably a year or two later, my grandma, grandfather had a stroke. At both at both point in times, at one point, the, each one of them moved into our house and lived with us for a while as they recovered from that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like those, it was like if my mother wasn't fortunate enough to be have been laid off, you know, we as a family just probably would have dealt with that. And, and it just would have been a lot rougher time. Mm-hmm. And so where I say I was conflicted is that, you know, I never thought of it as... Well, I have a little, but thinking about it where by having a stay-at-home wife, am I asking a woman to dim her light for mm-hmm. me? And maybe, and I selfishly don't think that because my ultimate goal is entrepreneurship. It's to, to work for myself. It's to have forms of passive income where I can be at home with my family too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have 
as of now, I don't have really big corporate aspirations of being senior VP and CEO of anyone else's company because to me it's like that I'm not leaving something my kids can have, mm-hmm. you know. So my goal is is to build something with you know, and I want to build it with my wife that I can that we can leave our kids later. So selfishly, I, I thought, but you know, at the same time, regardless, if I'm asking her to her primary thing to be the stay at home mother wife am i asking her to dim her light and knowing all my aspirations knowing that few the, knowing the aspirations i have how can i sit with myself mhm and i mean that's something you have to deal with like even when we were, had the conversation before this conversation we i said like you know you know you're a college educated man you know you're more house man more house money whatever and the woman you marry i'm sure is going to be you know college educated has a degree has a good job whatever so asking her to leave her good job, corporate America, or what have you, and stay home, at some point she's going to be like, this ain't exactly what I want to do. I don't know no woman who say, you know what, I want to stay home. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if she does stay home and she's working, I'm sure that's not exactly what she had in plan, like had in mind for what her dream was. And I feel like marriage itself is about sacrifices. So either way it goes, sacrifices will be made, but I feel like women make more sacrifices than men do. Because, you know, okay, if say we both don't get what we want that's fine like we both aren't happy <laughs> not saying that's fine okay i'm trying to think of how i want to work this we're both not happy that's okay <laughs> no i'm saying like we can you know you can do a job that you exactly want want to do okay you say you say essentially you want to end up being an entrepreneur everybody working at home in unity and just harmony and happy yeah. and whatever okay well what if 20 years you still in a desk job you know what i'm saying maybe maybe you don't moved a little bit up Maybe you're a manager, maybe you're a director or whatever, but you're still at that desk. You're not happy. That's not what you wanted. You said when you was 24 years old that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. So you won't be happy with that. Maybe your wife, you know, she's at home. She's not happy either. But it's on top of that, you know, it's the unhappiness with having children and, you know, having to, having to make sacrifices for that. Okay, I need to be here for my kids. And, and then the toll that children take on our body, we have to sacrifice our whole body. Now we got stretch marks and you know, our stomach looking all crazy with thighs, and maybe we gain 100 pounds. You never know. You don't have to, but it can happen. It, you never know. I'm just saying, right, just right. You don't all this have to get big as a house. Hypothetical. Right, right, right. You don't have to stay big after the baby, but go ahead. But some people, that weight is really, really hard to get off for some people. You never know how people hold baby weight or whatever and how hard it is to get off. So, you know, those are different things. We sacrifice our body. Now we don't feel beautiful, and now you look at us like, I mean, I love you, but in, in, deep inside, you're like, baby, you look fine, but inside it's like... Mm. so then there is that white woman you know secretary and then you you do you know you see that alberta and men get you know turned straight then it's like we have to deal with that and it's like it's because i i'm not beautiful you know i feel unworthy and say we get a divorce and now you don't feel worthy of finding a new man because you don't you don't have that confidence so it's just a lot i kind of went real deep into this but you know it's just a lot to think about i talked to my mom earlier today when we you when we started you know feeding off each other and what we want to talk about with this episode and i was like you know mom what did you sacrifice? And I'm sitting here, when we talked about it, I was like, well, that's not mom's story. She had a career. You know, she was successful. But she's like, well, I really wanted to be a lawyer, but I didn't want to, you know, go into that much of school. And when my mom got married, she was in grad school. She um she started grad school in 80. She got married in 81. She had my sister in 82. So everything's happening real, real fast. She graduated. I feel like she graduated 82 or 83 with her master's. And, um... You know, she was like, I never really got to travel like I wanted to. And she, you know, my mom basically, like most moms, sacrificed their entire lives for us. Like our parents worked their whole lives to make sure that we're good. 
And then um, when you started think, talking about your mom being there, I was like, well, yeah, my mom didn't say him. I was like, she definitely did. Um, once we moved here, my mom was retired from her job. She had been working there for 25 years already. So um, we got to Atlanta, and both my parents were at home. I mean, my dad stayed at home because he was a pastor, so he worked on, you know, maybe Tuesday nights and then Sundays, of course. So he would be the one picking us up from school and all of that. And then when I moved here, I was kind of, you know, I was the only one that was still in school, of course. So my mom or dad would pick me up from school, you know, take me wherever I needed to go, take me to practice or what have you. So that was a different element that I did kind of enjoy having my mom home. That's kind of when we bonded more. And then once my dad passed 11th grade, um, second semester 11th grade, that was a different element too because, like, I spent a lot of time with my mom because that's all that was there. Right. So, yeah, and I feel like I just, you know, want to – now I really want to go home and really pick my mom's brain about, you know, what she wanted, you know, her life to be. Here's one thing I wanted to to examine. More so with Troy, I, I can't sit here and, and – I've seen – I'm not going to flex like I haven't seen Waiting to Exhale, but I haven't seen it recent enough to – to give a deep analysis or mm-hmm. thought-provoking on, on the husband in that case. But with Troy, and just thinking about that type of man, when I see Troy, I saw my I, I think of my grandfathers. Mm-hmm. Now, I've only met one, but I but I think of that type of man. That, that man is someone who is working a job that is not their dream job at all. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, some ways, probably laborious, mm-hmm. you know, labor-intensive. And their sole goal, you know, kind of like he told his son, is, is to simply do right by his family. Mm-hmm. It's simply to provide a shelter, food, and clothing. It's not to fulfill his dreams. It is not to, you know, live a life that is glamorous. It is simply to provide for his family because as a man, that is what his responsibility is. Mm-hmm. And as a man, sometimes, we, you know, especially especially those older men, you don't you, you talk about your feelings a lot. Mm-hmm. You don't come out and say, because that's pressure. And, and Troy expresses that. That's, that's and pressure. They and, also and only, you know, like two generations removed from slavery, too. So right. it's kind of is that element right. as well. Right. And so so where Rose was definitely this good woman, unfortunately, because of the pressure and life and just everything, Troy now groups her together with this weight, this heaviness. She She's no different than the mortgage. She's no different than the grocery bill because she is an expense that taxes him. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's, it's emotionally, you know, just in, in that he has to go out and provide. And so where he has this Alberta who's this outlet, he's, he's not responsible for this woman. I, that's all I'm going to say. I feel like there was a void that Troy had. It was a void he had. He had his baseball dreams. and never really worked out. And then everything in his life, he couldn't really control. They can't control the bills. They're going to come. He right. can't control his brother being special needs. And, well, not even special needs, having brain damage or whatever. He can't right. control that. He can't control his son. He's going to be there. He got to pay for all this stuff. He got to work. But what he could control is Alberta. He could. He can You know, decide whether he, he want to. control that? Not control, but that was something he... That was his escape, you know what I'm yeah. saying, from reality. And that's what he had. He had Alberta. You know, he had the bar. He had his alcohol. And that's what he did. And that was his, you know, what were you saying? Because you, you said what I was going to say, but right. I forgot. Right. So the, I was saying that's why Alberta was different. She wasn't a responsibility. Right, right. He, he can enjoy that. He can go play with Alberta and get back in, back in that bed and pretend like nothing happened. It's like, all right. I'm bored. Now I need to go back to Alberta to get that little fix. I'm like a drug. You know what I'm saying? He kind of got addicted to it. And then... Jokes, joke was on him because Alberta, um, Alberta passed. 
And um, that was another thing he had to deal with. So he's like, now I don't have that escape anymore. I don't have that, you know, I don't have my release of Alberta's, you know, somewhere to lay my head that I don't have to worry about. I can laugh there. I can, you know, smile there. I can be carefree at Alberta's house. And now I got a baby and a wife that hates me and then won't speak to me and a son that left because I drove him away. So he's just like all of that. It kind of made it worse, honestly. And I thought that's how a lot of men feel. And then they get trapped. You know, women, we deal with our trap. Well, not all of us because some, you know, women might go get them a little piece too. But, you know, some men, some women, I'm just going to say some, so I won't put everybody in the same category. But, you know, men will go out and get their white women in their Alberta and they, and they'll, you know, they're gambling and they have their whatever thing they like to do to kind of escape from the bills and the wife and the kids and all of that. You know, a woman would just sit in the house and smoke cigarettes and cry or something. So let me bring that back, right? Mm-hmm. So once again, Cyrus was talking about millennial women, mm-hmm. and everything we just said about that past generation. Millennials are different in that we don't—we're not just looking for a good job. We're looking for a good job that's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. As that you know, employers keep saying like, you know, millennials want to know they're making a difference. Millennials want to know mm-hmm. they're making an impact, which is why you see us not tied to these, you know, this company. If you don't like it, years. quit. Right. Write a blog about it. It's like, Make yo, a video. Like, I quit yo, my corporate record job. Like, I don't even, I'm only here for the money anyway. Like, y'all are not making me feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That's why you see so many people like us who have podcasts, who have blogs that they're doing. In On addition, the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to these are, This is my Alberta right now. <laughs> these <laughs> blogs are our Albertas. <laughs> our white woman. This is my white woman. This is my white woman. Y'all are my white woman right now. All right. So, you know, so that's one factor in us as millennials behaving different behaving differently mm-hmm. and so we're getting married men and women are getting married older mm-hmm. than our predecessors you know we're we're not uh we're you know we're traveling and, and spending more money on experiences like you you know how like your mother said you didn't like now mm-hmm. you see more young people like forget mm-hmm. it i'm gonna i'm gonna go do this while i'm young because mm-hmm. i've seen my parents have dreams and kind of be trapped and now what happens I, to a dream deferred right and so now we as a generation we're looking at all that and we're saying we're not going to do that mm-hmm. we're going to act differently mm-hmm. and you know she says that because of that very reason that's why she grinds so hard and work and she's not even thinking about a man right but i have a question for you oh this is the table shaking question this, this, the, am i ready this, this it's not even table shaking it's just more thought provoking okay brain shaking okay what comes first the woman that is focused on her grind and her career, or the okay, let me rephrase it. What comes first, the millennial woman that's focused on her grind and her career and is just all about her dreams and aspirations, mm-hmm. or the millennial woman that has had her heart broken one too many times by men and now just chooses to focus on her career and outlets? Okay, wait. What's the first one? What? All right, what comes first of these two options? The woman that is the millennial woman that is simply focused on her career and her grind, mm-hmm. you know. So she, she, she from jump when she left college, she's like, I'm not letting any man slow me down. And then the second one is the woman who f these f boys. I'm gonna get on my grind. Right. The woman that if a re- she had a relationship, it hurt her. She's done with it. She's like, you know what? It's too much pain there. I'm mm-hmm. just focused on this. So what do you mean by what comes first? Like. I get what you're saying, but I'm trying. To, the question isn't what comes first. What's more? You mean what's more important? What are those two women mutually exclusive? Meaning, are they two different women, or are they one and the same? Honestly, I feel like every woman's had their heart broken. 
at this age. Every millennial woman has had their heart broken, whether it be by Gerard, they daddy, mm, or okay. you, you know, we get you know you once I it, once I drop that daddy bomb, it get you, real. You took it somewhere I wasn't expecting it. But please, so please, please, once if it's Gerard, it's just the f boy up the street. You know, they daddy just life. You know, watching their mother suffer from they mama's Jerome, you know what I'm saying? Just different things they watch. It's like, I'm not going to be like my mama or I'm not going to let what my daddy did to me hurt me or I ain't going to let this dude, you know, alter me. And then, so yes, they are the same person. Honestly, mm, okay. I feel like the woman. And I didn't think, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even think of it like that. I only thought the woman who's had her heart broken by some little dude, mm-hmm. you know, she existed and not, and not saying women weren't out here grinding, but I'm saying like, but when you brought in that the father could break your heart. Listen, once that, I drop that daddy issue bomb, because it, it applies to so much, and it's so many different types of daddy issues, we going we gonna to talk about it one day. But we might have to have like a seven-part series, honestly. No, but um, that's a whole new podcast. That's a whole new, <laughs> just the daddy issues podcast. That's it. No, but seriously, it's just so many things. I feel like, you know, when women get out of school, and it could even be just the pressure. It's something that. Or you say like you know you get out of school you go straight to med school you take your MCAT your junior year you already you know in med school that's because your parents like you know they and it and it might hurt like they've been pressured your whole life it's like I just want to make them happy so it's always something it's always a monkey on the back to get that you know millennial woman to be that pressed I don't think I don't think it's anybody out there that's like well I just want to be great because I want to be great it's something you know in you it's something that drives mm-hmm. everybody so whether it may not even be just be heartbreak it may just be something else. Security insecurities yeah so and you know, speaking of insecurity you know we have the mollies you know we have molly super successful can't get right with a man right Ooh, yeah she puts a lot into her work but it's just like at the end of the day she's not happy because she's single see and then we you know we already talked about the mary janes you know we got the mary jane she done you know she's so successful she's in but she's still you know who we didn't honor it's like uh uh, Scorch Woman Hall of Fame. Who? The the big the Tasha. <laughs> I can't let this episode Tasha. go by without honoring the best ride or die woman in all of. See, the- we haven't even seen Tasha in her full form yet. You know, we only got like three episodes of Tasha, but I know season two we gonna see some Tasha. I, when Tasha pulled that gun out on that woman for ghosts. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Tasha the Teller. Tasha. Dang. Tasha. Ghost Tasha. Tasha St. Yes. Patrick. Ta- How do we forget? She she's in the Hall of Fame. She's of the she's women. the she is the Bernadine for us, for our age group. Because they're not that old. They're a little bit older than us. But I'm saying we ain't I mean we ain't really got there yet. Cause we still trying to get our jobs. So anybody I know a drug dealer right now, he just he not he not ghost. I'm just, right. So we got distributor. We got little caspers, we got little spooks, but we ain't got a ghost. So I mean but I just wanted to say, like, we got to acknowledge Tasha as, like... Tasha St. Patrick, she put everything. You know, granted, it ain't, it ain't legal, but she put everything. You know, she did the book she since high school. Freedom. She put her freedom on the line, her life on the line, everything on the line for Ghost. And what did Ghost do? When he got him his Alberta, his Angela. Granted, Angela was there first. But she, that was, y'all was 15, let it go. You have a marriage, you have three kids, baby, whatever. And you got your baby up here choking on a little whale figurine. Cause you out with your Alberta, you know what I'm saying. So, but once and, and once again, we see ghosts infidelities as a result of feeling boxed in. Yep, and he's like, "Oh, I've been selling drugs out of the club. Yeah, I want something new." He he wants to be a legit businessman, mm-hmm. and Tasha, 
Tasha shot that drink. Drugs, 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 drugs. And Angela didn't know, and so she said, "You can't. You are that man. And I knew you could always be that man." Mm-hmm. And and so you know, it's it's that eighty twenty rule. Oh, I got another one. It just they just keep on coming. And granted, you know, we keep on moving using movie and television references. But I mean, if I said I talked about my cousin Alicia, you ain't gonna know my cousin Alicia. So we just talk about movies because that's who we all know. But why did I get married? Eighty twenty. You know, he went. I don't know what lights can have a name was, and why did I get married? But Jill Scott was with, um, you know, Slim from um, his name was Mike. I, I'm pretty sure it was Mike. Okay, she was with Mike all these years. Granted, she got a little big, treated her like dirt, and he went with that light skin lady. But she, you know, she ain't have the confidence. But when she bossed up on him, you know, you just gotta have that boss up moment. Like the way Bernadine bossed up in that courtroom when she got that divorce settlement. You know, you, you need your boss up moment, but you know, you still gotta think like. Well, hopefully you don't ever have to get to that moment. Right. I'm saying, like, if you do have to have your Bernadine and in, in, in Jill Scott moment, just hope you get your, your box up. Ain't too far behind. You lose that weight. You cut that hair. That's one of my favorite scenes in Wedding to Excel. When she was cutting her hair, she's like, cut it, Loretta. She's like, I'm not cutting your hair. She's I do it myself. <laughs> she's like, you want a shorter mind or shorter than mine? I can't believe you. I got to watch Waiting to Excel when I get home. I'm going to listen to Johnny Gill on my way home. And then when I get home, I'm watching Waiting to Excel. No, but um, let me go. Would you have so? Yeah, but back to the mutually exclusive, you know, heartbroken. I feel like, yeah, what was I trying to say? I just had a brain brain fart. Go ahead. Okay, so you talking about? So what I was going to talk about is this Troy ghost and these men that are feeling the pressures of their families, Mm -hmm. and therefore they turn to an outlet. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I'm not married. As you all know, I'm not um, married either. Praise God. <laughs> These millennial women, dog. Look at them. I, I listen. That's and that's. You know what's so funny? So me and um, my boyfriend Sean, we went to a wedding in July. We was like two months into our relationship, but we just went to a wedding, whatever. Ooh. And kind of fat. Shut up. Anyway, we get to the wedding, and the wedding's over. It's all beautiful. It's like a beach wedding, South Florida, lovely. And the groom's family was like, oh, y'all next. I was like, whoa. You talking to somebody behind me? That because, no, mm-mm, 22. Mm-mm. Mind you, my mother was married at this age. Right. but And at 15, you were complaining about not having a man. And at 15, I was <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> I was pathetic for not having a man at 15. So hilarious. How but yeah, how times really have changed. If, I, if, only, if someone would have been like, hey, you're not going to have a boyfriend until you're 21. <gasps> Oh my god! Okay, cream, six more up. years. Y'all would have got big, and I really wouldn't have had a boyfriend until I was like twenty-seven. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was I even talking about? Um, what was I saying? What was I talking about? You were talking about how they were saying the grooms people said you. Were oh, so I was just like. At that moment, I realized how not ready for marriage. Like, before them, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a, a dress, and it's going to be nice, a nice winter wedding and all this. But that very moment, I was like, Nah, Mm-mm. ain't no wedding bitch. Like I'm really not ready. I need to have first. I need my coins together, and just thinking of all the stuff I need to have in order, and all the little ducks I need in order to even get down that aisle. I was just like, I'm so not ready for that. And I, I guess I, I fall into that category, just like old girl from the article, because that's really how a lot of us feel. Just thinking of marriage, like yeah, it sounds nice, but if somebody got on their knee right now, it's like, man, you'd be like. I got stuff to do first. Wait a minute. You know, I just want to build my, I want to build my personal, you know, brand or whatever before I get down the aisle. And then do you think about when I get married, I don't want to have kids right away. I want to travel and do fun married stuff. Mm. And then you end up pregnant 
and just like look at my dreams but we got to deal with it. We got to sit there. We still got to be with the kids every day. And that's the thing. Like, you want to, the men complain about, oh, I feel, oh, I'm so lost on my dreams. I want to play baseball. I want to be a businessman and not a drug dealer. I want to be with a white woman. You have all these epiphanies. And these kids are stressing me out. But I'm with the kids all day. You not. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tasha with them kids all day. Got to deal with Tyreek in that mouth. And the daughter would not just be in there. And the, the baby just coming in and out of the screen every every season once, you know. Well, no, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, we just have to deal with a lot more. And y'all just like, oh, midlife crisis, white woman, Alberta, Angela. I, I think. I need to figure out what that white woman's name is. I think to trivialize, you know, the mental stress men feels. I don't maybe because I'm a man. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not going to. I definitely will never downplay a woman and all that she deals with. After, you know, especially, you know, after seeing my mom. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a time I was in just a quick story in fifth grade. I, um. I have, you know, you had spelling tests. I'm cleaning up the office like my mama told me. And I, it really is an excuse to play with her shredder. Shred I used stuff. to love playing with the shredder. Right? It was so much fun. But go ahead. Shred my spelling list. I think I realized it's like Thursday, you know, your spelling test on Friday. My mother stays up like all night. Like that's the raven? Through <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, going through the shred things, putting together my my spelling list. So I can study in the morning. So I can wake up early, study in the morning, and do well on my test. Like, what you get on the test? I get Like I did well. Like I like her efforts were not in vain. Mm-hmm. But it's like my dad couldn't stay up. I mean, he probably he could have, but that's not a dad thing to do. He he didn't stay up because he had to get up for work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And or was he overseas? He might have been overseas. I honestly, it's just certain it. stuff you call mom for, and certain stuff you call dad. But mom, for. I didn't even ask my mom to do it. She just was like. This is how we're going to get it done. And so it's like, I can't, I will never minimize how important or the impact a stay-at-home mom has on on the Mm -hmm. kids, on a family, on a household, because it's just so much you just don't realize. Like, like you just ever be at work dealing with some stuff, and you'd be like, dog, I really need to be out of here. And just when you have someone who's at home who can hold that down, that, you know, that can provide a level of peace that is, like, most people won't know. Mm-hmm. But when I, I was gonna say bring it back is these men that are going through you know feel boxed in and feeling pressured you know because of X Y and Z. I think that's why it's important for you to have strong male counsel around. Mm-hmm. You need a, you need some elders. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and you, we never really touched on their parents. Have you seen any parents on um on power? Uh, his father was a drunk who owned a bar. Which is part of the reason he wanted a club. What season was that? That was season one? Yeah. Her mother lives, works with them. Her mother, the father left her mother. Mm Mm-hmm. So they never talk about ghost mother. Oh, wait. Tasha's mom is in the house. Who who played a mama? Somebody we know. Uh Isn't it the mama from Love and Basketball or something like that? I think it is, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's important to have counsel, have, have elders around you. And, 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 you know, me as a Christian, I, I think Christian elders or at least a, a, a peer. Mm-hmm. I mean, like everybody's a Christian, so you can't. I that's would say like having some church. Yeah, some church or just have some somewhere you can meditate or something like just. Well, I'm, I'm saying outside of that, you belong to that group. You need one person. Oh, a person, person. Yeah. yeah. Like I have a my, my man's 50 grands and all. Greg. Greg Williams. We've mm-hmm. been friends since we were 15, so going on nine years. Mm-hmm. We can, anytime we're dealing with something in our relationship, 
I can call him. I can say, look, bro, this is, and I, I'll be, I will be completely transparent with this man mm-hmm. because I respect him. He's mm-hmm. going to tell me the truth. He's, he's going to shoot from the hip and tell me the truth. And he oftentimes helps me realize it. He, he helps me realize the wrong I played in the situation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think not just from what I've seen, these men haven't had that. I don't know if you want to count Tommy as that. I'm about to say, that's what Tommy could have and should have been. didn't respect him. He, Ghost didn't look at him like a peer. But, and then another he thing. Loved him. He didn't look at him like a peer. And Tommy was on the same stuff. Tommy, see, not, Lord Jesus, Tasha. Same thing Tasha was on. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sell them drugs. Sell them drugs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, and then another time, another thing is, you know, if the person who you go to for, you know, whatever advice ain't singing the tune you kind of want to hear, you, it might be rejected too. You know well, that's why I say you got to go somebody you trust, you respect, and that mm-hmm. you can be transparent with. And that's why sometimes you need elders. And, and, and unfortunately, with our generation, there's a lot of young men growing mm-hmm. up fatherless. Mm-hmm. So they don't have those, those elders. Some people in the community or right. just stuff it, like that. You know, yeah. So it's it's a lot of... I, that's why I'm really appreciative of this young lady writing this article because like, mm. it just it led to just so many different. It makes you think. Rows of thoughts and it's just it's sad though. Like when you think about it, just you know, what about Bernadine? You know, what I'm saying like, what? How does how do how does a Bernadine get a happy ending in her marriage? Like before, you know how how would a man appreciate before they go to the Albertas and the white women? You know, what I'm saying like. Baby, I appreciate you. Thank you for building me up. Or like, I mean, what what do they do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like how does that situation work, work out? Yeah, differently, you know. I'm trying to think of a positive because even if she's even if he doesn't cheat, she's at home. You know, it's a good example, a real life example. Ti and Tiny. Okay. No, please, no, no. Please explain. I'm, I'm Listen, waiting for you because. Tiny had money first. You know what I'm saying? Tiny was an escape. She wrote no scrubs. Like, she been popping. You know, T.I. didn't really pop till like, 04. Helped, you know, built him up. You know, probably connected him with the right people. You know what I'm saying? He even got big. He cheated on Tiny like it was nobody's business. And, you know, now she finally getting divorced. And he's like, wait a minute now. Like, you gonna leave me? Kind of, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get her to change her mind. But it's like, Tiny trying to get her Bernadette on. You know, Bernadino. Like, she trying to, like, look, I, I've done enough. I put up for this with for 10 plus years. I can't do this no more. Like, it's just, she built him. I'm trying to think, like, I mean, I guess a cookie, cookie, um, Johnson, yes. Magic right. Johnson. Oh. She kind of, you know, they still. With, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, in a relationship, you can reconcile after infidelity. It's, I mean, to it's sit possible. here and say it's, it's easy would be, you know, bold-faced lie. Mm-hmm. But, um. I'm just trying to, I, how do, how do. As a woman, how do you help your man build your man up to the point where he doesn't fill that void? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's um, just something I guess we're gonna ask a married couple, or we can just kind of like have a part two yeah, with this. It, it, it takes some no, it takes some maturity as a couple mm-hmm. and it communication. Takes, yeah, it takes a you know a deeper, very deep, intimate relationship that is not about obligations, but it's about love, trust, mm-hmm. and respect. Yeah, I mean, it's, like we said, we could talk about this forever, but. Right, and neither of us are married, so we really just sit here talking about, you know, what we see on TV and our parents. But I, as basically. a millennial, I doubt many of our listeners are married, so. Yeah, some people. Just, I just want to kind of get the conversation going, like, you know, hopefully you guys, we, we 
fake and one day y'all can be interactive with us you know we kind of want to talk about it. let's have this conversation like what what is it you know what about the Bernadines? what about the roses what about the tasha's what about you know whoever what about the chinese you know the woman who sat here helped build men up for just for them to betray them or just disrespect them and all this stuff like what is it in you know what what are you willing to sacrifice for you know love and for marriage and you know for your children I feel like that's the questions that we're asking. I'm sure we're going to ask them in the questionnaire today. But, yeah, that's, I just want to open up the floor for that conversation. You know, what are you willing, you know, what are you willing to do? You know, you tell me what you're willing to do. But um, for real, I just think now, like, you know. It's going to be some sacrifices. It's going to be sacrifices. Just thinking about it, like, you know, I have this picture-perfect vision of what I want my life to be. And it's probably not going to be that. And I haven't really come to terms with that yet. And I'm going to do everything I can now to make sure at least half of it happened. You know what I'm saying? But it may not. You know, say, God forbid, Jesus. But if I get pregnant, you know what I'm saying, tomorrow, you know, by Immaculate Conception, you know, I'll get married or like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, then, you know, the Lord would just take care of you. You right, now. Jesus, you know. He at me. Beyonce would <laughs> no but just seriously if I, you know realistically since i can't get an abortion and i can't really get birth control like what if i do get pregnant and i have to get married i'm you know just do the old school way i'm, I'm gonna do i'm gonna do right i'm gonna go get married we go to the courthouse you know what i'm saying just go ahead get a couple witnesses and then i look back at my life 20 years from now like wow i could have been this i could have been that i could have done all this stuff but i got married and chose a family over my dreams and I never want to. I'll never want to be that. I never want to look back and feel that way. So it's just like, dang. Okay, so I have a point to make to that. Mm-hmm. Then we go into our bonded wisdom. Okay. Well, let me start thinking about my wisdom. I don't even know. Okay. So to that point, would you say of? Oh, I got it. Of of you know, you never want to look back and say like, oh man, like I gave up all my dreams and stuff and that. It's like. I think one thing people got to consider when they get married mm-hmm. and really think about it. And it's hard. It's hard to say because it's, it's hard for people to figure out. So you have to get married with purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. You have to get married with the idea that my union is not just for my love and my happiness, but my union is ultimately to bring two parties together to push and achieve a goal that we cannot achieve as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible I'm remember this correctly. It's like one can put a thousand a flight, but two can put two thousand, ten thousand, ten thousand a flight. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's like you gotta like when people get married. I think sometimes in our just idealistic world, we say, "Okay, I'm getting married because I love them, they love me." Made this happen. But we we purpose wise, we meant for two different things. Mm-hmm. And so it, it becomes hard because you're over here, you're, you're this way trying to achieve your purpose. She this way trying to achieve her purpose, mm-hmm. and and in the, between that you all try to fit in the family and things fall apart. About to sneeze, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> I apologize. Bless you. That was a very dramatic sneeze. But go ahead. Um, but imagine if you all had purposes that were aligned and together, and how just that's one little less part of friction that that endures Mm -hmm. you know so like one example is i have a friend that uh, is a trained cpa you know so with that he 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 could be a cfo 
dating a young lady that ultimately wants to own her own um, business. I said, if you really want to be a CFO and y'all got married, you be the CFO for her company, and you and as and as she does better, and you do you do better, and y'all y'all come together and y'all make that thing grow, and y'all leave that for your kids. Now, like that's y'all together. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than he's CEO of this company over here, she over here working for this company. You know, it's like, what if y'all weaved your purposes and your... It just came to me. And your talents together. So... I feel like that could be how we combat this emptiness, this void, the, you know, the thirst for the Albertas is, you know, if we work together in a marriage before we even, you know, say these vows, okay, what you want to do, what I want to do. We need to make sure that yeah. we're working together. So That's none- a conversation that needs to be had. Yes, if we get, you know, 20 years from now, we ain't going to be like, well, I wish I would have did this. No, we working together. I, did you do your business plan? Did yeah. you do this? Did did you reach out to XYZ? Like, if that's what's important. You need to make sure the y'all visions and y'all, what y'all want to do is clear. And y'all make that, you know, put that on table day one, you know, before. Okay, before you propose to me, let me just let you know what I want to do right. kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, so we done bonded wisdom bonded wisdom um i think we well you know f- just from what we've been talking about just don't let nobody dim your light you know just be great like if if you being great makes somebody feel uncomfortable that has nothing to do with you you know be great do what you do what you do you know make the difference that you want to see and make and make sure you happy as long as you're happy and you're not hurting nobody don't worry about what nobody else saying honestly don't let nobody dim your light boom that's it this is quick even if you even if it's your man don't let your man dim your light. So my reflection this week comes from a conversation I had with my two roommates. And we were just asking ourselves, who told us that our 20s would be the best years of our lives? Right. You know, and, and, I, and what I mean by that is, you know, we were kind of talking about some things we want to achieve and some other things we want to get to. And it's like part of us. Part of it is financially, like, we need to, we would need to sacrifice a lot more than we currently are. But the reason we're not sacrificing totally is, like, there's some other components to our lives that don't allow for that sacrifice. And it's easier for us as, as, as young men in our 20s to think, you know what, if I sacrifice now and grind, I can eventually get to that point. But it's harder for us to convince the women in our lives mm-hmm. of the same thing. And so our thought process was like, he's saying, um, Lord, our thought process was like, dog, honestly, if I had to just like, just survive, like no cable, like, you know, cook, like not going out, not taking vacations, not buying fancy clothes. And I just grinded and I focused on my dreams and I invested in myself in ways that will yield results down the line. How much, like, why can't my 30s be bomb? Why can't I be in shape with my wife in my 30s, well off, achieving, you know, at a point With where, your kids. Right, with, well, hold on. In the 30s? If I sacrifice in That's my safe. 20s. Well, early 30s, I'm a, oh. you know, if I sacrifice in my 20s, early 30s, I'm a need for me, like you said, me and my wife to go travel and have have fun. Right. But, you, you know, it's like, I don't know, man, and, and, it, and it, it hyped me up, like, so... Even though I can't sacrifice as much as I probably could, you mm-hmm. know, or I would want to, I'm still making some sacrifices. I'm getting up early. I'm eating better, like, regardless. So, like, man, like, just, dog, like, you have to live like no one else. Mm-hmm. 
to live like no one else. And if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey's, you hear him say that all the time. But I said it in a way that you could relate to it. So that's my wisdom, dog. Like, sacrifice now. We're young. We got to, like, we have the time. We might have just did something with this podcast today. God bless us. But um, that's re- that's it for you, huh? That's it, man. All right, y'all. You know, we didn't keep y'all too long today. But um, thank you for listening. I, this is a good conversation. This is a lot... Thought. You know, talk to your mamas, ask your, yeah. your pappies, you know. So, how, what was your dream? I'm hoping you're bringing them tears. Up. You know, I just wanted to be a ballerina so bad. <laughs> just, hey. And then you, you did this to me. Look, hope it don't start us like that. But no, for real, just think about it. You know, think about what you're willing to sacrifice. Think about what your parents sacrificed for you and all that. But um, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Oh, my fault. My fault. One more shout out TiffanyCoco.com. Oh, yeah, TiffanyCoco.com. Thank you for, you know, even That's bringing this great. to the table. Uh, so we'll be at you with this. Um, so yeah, right. new edition tonight.